get into that, we have a special guest in the house, the one, the only, DJ Busby. Woo! I got a table clap for you. <laughs> Of course for me. No, it's our live studio audience. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Much appreciated, guys. Thank you so much. So, um, you've definitely done some very successful events. One of them was Sofa Sleepover that happened this past two weeks, two weeks ago. ago. Yeah. See, I would have went, but it was my nephew's birthday. And I'm like, <laughs> honestly, guys, I'm like, you can just put the kids down and go look at the kids. Once the kids are sleeping, like, their dad's in the next yeah. room, like, we can go. Yeah. By the time we got home, like, I had, like, the year before there was a bottle of Hennessy that they wanted, like, I wanted to get from the like, okay, first year, we're gonna crack it. Mm-hmm. When he turns one, we cracked the Hennessy bottle, we didn't make no <laughs> and, uh, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, it's not gonna be the last. No? For sure. So. so we'll definitely keep you guys posted um when the next one is and so hopefully you guys can come out as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, it was two weeks ago. Amazing turnout, very happy with it. Uh those of you that are listening that were there, thank you. I appreciate you guys for attending. And very well attended as I said. Uh we were expecting maybe two hundred people, we ended up getting almost six. So that's that's saying something. Um, I said I was gonna. I'll start off by giving you guys an exclusive. Y'all are asking me for the podcast. When's the next one? Yeah. Now off air, I'll give you the exact date. But on air, you guys are the first to hear Ooh. that Toronto Carnival next year. Yeah. In the Toronto Carnival week, you guys will see Soka Sleeper. Ah. So just look out for it and make sure when you're seeing your stuff on Instagram and you're scrolling. <laughs> Remember, just look out for Soka Sleeper. Well, we post. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So uh, if you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, DJ Busby. Nobody ever knows any of our DJ's first names, but my first name is Steven. Uh, grew up... <laughs> 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 you know I like, like, like a buzz or something. <laughs> I just made a little Where do I start? Funny enough, I grew up in this area. I went to Pope, just down the street from here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pope alumni, and I went, yeah, just down here. I would always come around this area to catch the bus to go home. Um, but with that being said, I grew up in, in this area. Uh, and with Pope, it was very like half and half with the type of, I guess, the, the race of people. I would say majority or, or half was Filipino, the other half was. Uh, whether it be black, white, Asian, or um, Spanish. Yeah, Scarlet. (laughs) But one thing I realized in high school and then previously elementary school, there was never any Caribbean influence. Like you might have the one, two Caribbean student that you would even know about because you know parents and you're talking to them, but you would never really get that interaction to have discussions about the culture. And because it was predominantly either white or um, Asian, or more so the African Canadian, where they're more more likely discussing and say hip hop and not really our Caribbean music, you weren't getting that conversation. So not many people know this about me, but in those days, elementary school, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. Yes. Um, Whatever was on the pop culture at the time, the TV, that's what I was listening to, that's what I was watching. High school now, 
We have 50 Cent, Dipset, and that category now. And then R&B, Usher, Neo. So, you know, that's where my musical influence was based off of my surroundings. Fast forward now, I went to university at York, and now you're being thrown into a much more diverse culture. Um, even then, I wasn't really as into the Caribbean culture. And I had gone out, my sister was going out to fest more frequently, but you know how Caribbean parents are, especially when they have girls or boys or one or the other. They're very strict on her. And, you know, she's six years older than me, but as we grew up, I went upwards and she just stayed at a certain level. <laughs> so when I was 18, I realized, okay, well, what's this, these fets? Like, what are you going to? I, I didn't know anything about it. So I went with her. I, I, I'm not going to really advertise this too much or tell you guys this is what you're supposed to do, but when I got my fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> I went to FETs with her from 18 years old, and from the moment I went in the first FET, I was hooked. That changed your life. Yeah. <laughs> it changed my entire life. Because just the way that the atmosphere was, the music, I didn't know anything really about soca. Um, like, not, nothing too much, especially to the extent that I know it now, but changed my life. I was hooked. And literally every weekend, I, for my 18, my, um, when I was 18 years old, every weekend I was at something. I just, I couldn't stop. <laughs> it was like a drug at that point. So, within that period of time, uh, I was doing some school work and I was listening to music from a radio station at the time, KLS Radio. And it was Marksman. Uh, I heard him, he's a DJ in the, the Caribbean scene. I heard him do a mix. And I said to myself, that was like one of the, it was something that I just drew to. I don't know why, I couldn't understand it, but it drew me to the DJ aspect of stuff, like behind the music now. So I, I just literally sat there and I said to myself, I want to try and do it. So I downloaded free DJ software, and from that point I was playing with the songs, I downloaded two, three songs, practiced, I mixed them, and a few days later I just brought it to my sister and I said, what do you think? And she's like, wow, you really have an ear for this. You really know, like, did you, have you been doing this for a while? Like, no, I was just bored with my schoolwork and I, I tried it too, so. Literally. You're trying It's the best time, so. With that being said, I, I figured it out. Um, and then as time went on, you know, you meet certain people um, in the culture and learn certain things. And it started off as learning how to DJ to learning how to throw events. So like you just talked about, um, Soka Sleepover, this is after 10, 10 years of throwing events, right? So, you know, consistently learning in the culture and realizing that there is a huge market for this stuff and it's actually something that's viably, could be my entire life. I don't need a nine to five. Not to say that I'm not currently in one because you need to go through something to get through something, right? Yeah. So literally I'm just coming from work. Um, government job, benefits, and all of that, which is very important too. Because DJing thing, especially if you're not all in and you're not passionate about it, is not something yeah. that you should focus your full attention on because when you're talking to family, you gotta look up, you have kids you gotta look after. It's not, it's not something unless you're up there. So, you know, I, I battled with everything. I was in school, throwing events. And then I was nine to five, 
throwing events. And it just kept going and going, and now it's to a point where, like, I do see light at the end of the tunnel. So that wraps up pretty much where I'm at now and the process it took to get there, especially in terms of the Caribbean market. I know you guys are Caribbean Association, but yeah. Um, there's a lot more refined details, but I'm sure you'll ask those questions coming soon. So I was, one of the questions I was going to ask was what really truly got you into DJ. Yeah. But um, definitely, awesome. it would be love that first FET. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I missed a step too. That wasn't where I first experienced FETs. I believe I was 16 years old, so still in high school. And I had gone to Hamilton. They had a small carnival. Yeah, but it was like literally a family picnic type thing. Ah, okay. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, what is this carnival thing I'm going to? I went, um, it was like a parade route. And from what I remember, it just rained the whole time. So during the carnival, stuck in the car. I couldn't even, we couldn't even go on the road. But the rain, the rain passed. And in the nighttime now, it was this huge park. Like imagine the biggest park, wherever you're from, big park. And right in the middle of the park, they set up this huge stage with lights and all the action, and you know? Um, so as the sun set, you could hear the music start to elevate. And then the whole crowd of the park just would go into the center where the music was. And at that moment, um, they announced an artist to come on stage. Um, you would think, you know, when I tell this story, I would say somebody like Masha or Bungie or something. <laughs> at the time, it was in his prime, Sherwin Winchester. He came out, but it was at like the band coming, can't wait, all of them. That's when he was at his peak. So I'm standing there and the way his performance was just electrifying. And I didn't understand what was going on, but just like the vibe that it brought in me, it sent like some energy through me that I just couldn't explain. So 16, that's when I first got my wine. <laughs> I, like, I, I literally said to myself, girls do this? That's <laughs> amazing. Um, and then he's performing, he takes water bottles, throws them out to the crowd, and did that, you know, that moment where he's like, okay, on three, everybody playing the water. So I'm there like, what is about to happen? <laughs> and when he said fling, everybody just waved the water in the air. And that, like those moments just stuck out to me so much. Then when I went home, Marshall, or like, no, soca music. What is soca music? Find Marshall, that's the first thing that comes up on YouTube. Look at his performance. Oh my God, there's like 10,000 people at this one. Yeah. yeah. Look up, Bungie. Okay, and then it just kept rolling, so. That's like where my love for Sofa came. Mm -hmm. My love for DJing was that story. Yes. Okay. So would you say like in your events, like do you try to give off that same experience of trying to let people fall in love with the music and the culture as well? Absolutely. Um, I'm not saying this to say that we have a bad market at all. I think we have an amazing market, especially in terms of Caribbean. But another elevation process in terms of me was going to Trinidad and actually <laughs> and actually going to Fets down there and really seeing where this started. And you know, guys down there, if you if you've ever been to a Toronto Fet, when you go there, that's a whole different ballpark. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's, it's not cheap at all, especially if you want to do it the right way. Because I was literally going party, party, party. It was maybe four parties within 48 hours. It's 24-7. 24-7. But that's, I needed some sort of sleep before doing it, right? So I had to pause. When you really go down there, or any island for that matter, when you go down there and experience how they do it, it changes the game. And what I've personally done was try to take not only what I've seen here that I love, but those aspects that they've bought that I've taken with me and have been unforgettable, and try to incorporate it in my own way into my life. So you were mentioning that because um, a lot of our members didn't realize that you worked on top of DJing. Like they mm-hmm. thought that that was like your mm-hmm. whole. Mm-hmm. So would you say like? There is a difference between Steven and Buzzfeed. Absolutely. I've had co-workers that had no idea I DJed, find out I DJed, and then came to my parties, saw me on stage doing what I do, and they're like, that's the quiet guy at work. (laughs) Oh my God. And they see me doing my thing on Instagram, they show the older people at work that, you know, I'm close with. Uh That's Steven? It has to be, you you can't like, okay, in my opinion, especially if you're in the line of work that I'm in, Mm. you can't bring that culture per se, like in its totality, to the nine to five. Obviously, you know, my background is Trinidadian. I like these foods. I enjoy the music, etc. I can't, you know, go up in the building talking about I wine on a million girls at the last feds and, you know, it's just not as accepted within the bridge, you know? or even to an extent what I'm promoting on my social media, the heavy drinking, those kind of things, like it doesn't correlate with a government job. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, yeah, it's two separate people. And I'm sure if any of you ever had a job, there's people that they do a lot of this talk. And even if you're not doing something that's to a degree of, of being as bad as they say it is, they're gonna make it a whole different discussion, you know? And that's that's why I like to detach things. And I'll, I'm to be honest, I'm upset that somebody even found out I did because I did not want that to be a like your Superman secret got that out. <laughs> exactly, literally. So you know, I try to keep them separate as much as possible. And yes, yeah, two different people. And to an extent, a third different person is who I am at home. Like <laughs> I look at the DJ stage as what an actor would do in front of a camera. And if you're acting for a role, you're going to be putting on a role to the best of your ability. And, you know, I've developed things along the way where I've took certain aspects of certain DJs, MCs, and put it into what I like and presented that on stage. So it's literally a show when I go there. So regardless of if I'm sick, if I'm under the weather, if I'm not feeling the best, if I'm fighting with somebody and, you know, my mind is all tangled, when you go on that stage, it's a whole different story because there's hundreds, if not thousands of people in front of you that pay their money to come out and have a good time. So you got to switch. You got to turn it on. And, you know, that's that's like the three degrees of me. And it's, it's been such a weird thing because I never even thought I would be in this. I thought to myself, I, I literally thought all I was going to do for the rest of my life, nine to five, come home, put my kids to bed and go to bed myself and wake up and do that routine. Because that's what I grew up with. My parents, that was their routine. 
and they did an amazing job, don't get me wrong, right? But with everything that we have to us today, internet, TV, all these platforms to see that, yo, there's other things besides just going to work and going home. <coughs> and there's avenues where we could really change our lives, not just financially, but based off of the things that we do, where we don't need to be like, I don't like waking up for these people. <laughs> they don't care about me. If they want to get rid of me, like that, they could do it. And replace you in 10 seconds. Exactly. So what I would encourage for everybody is to build your own, whatever it is, so that nobody could take you off the table. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> All right, so um, this one's sort of gonna be a bit of a reflective one. Mm -hmm. If you could go back to your 20 year old self and tell them something, what would it be? Can we swear? Yeah, what? <laughs> Try fucking harder. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry the fuck up. <laughs> And ownership, 100%, is the most important thing in any business. <coughs> That's what I would tell my, my funny old son. So because like, I feel like, you know, they, they always say the, I wouldn't change anything about my past. And to an extent, that's true because I wouldn't be who I am now. But I feel like if I knew the keys that I know now to open certain doors, if I knew that at 20, I would be much further along right now. I still haven't even figured it all out, but it took a lot of touching the soul to know that it's hot. Touching this and, and playing in certain areas to know that that's not where I need to go, this is where I need to go. And the reality is it does build character, but if I could tell my 20-year-old self that, that saved me another 10 years. And then I could continue to figure it out at a higher level quicker. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to realize that, that it's hot without touching the stove, and you need to touch the stove. Yeah. But, um, I want to shift your perspective just a titch. Mm -hmm. You would say that there's three degrees in you. I don't catch your offenses, but I would say that you're an onion. There's layers to you. Mm -hmm. So all those aspects are still you. They're just different layers. That's true. She's a psychology student. Okay, wait, we can't be like that. Catch me in like 10 years, I'm going to get my doctorate, I promise. <laughs> yes, that was chapter three, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a t I've never been asked that one. It's a tough one. Jeez. Honestly, <laughs> and especially, I don't know the age range of the people in this room, you guys look fairly young, so that's a plus. But doing this for as long as I have, you realize how many assholes are in this business. And you also realize that even though they are assholes, in other institutions and other businesses, especially people not of our color, they're even worse. <coughs> the way I want to be remembered is to have done it on a higher level than anyone's done it before me and having done it the right way. And I don't want that memory of, okay, Buzz was just a piece of shit. I want them to be like, okay, he helped me. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some people that deserve you to custom up and down. But, <laughs> you know, where it's, where it's deserved is where it should be sent. But I don't want everybody to turn around and be like, oh, that guy was such a prick. I want to be able to do it on a level that hasn't been done before 
and for people to look at me and say, that's a that's an honorable guy. I want them to say that, okay, I don't have to be an, an asshole to do it. Because a lot of people at the top level, that's the perception that they get, and sometimes rightfully so. Sometimes, you know, it could be just a business move, and that's the reason they're pricks. So you can get it, especially when you're involved in the business. But when you're just generally a prick, it's not cool. And you have a lot of kids that are admiring you, would love, you know, a little piece of information to figure out how to get to your level. And if all they're seeing you do is being like that, they're going to think eventually, well, maybe I got to be like that in order to, to win. Sure. So I want to show people that, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do it that way. You could be a good person, do your business properly, and at the end of the day, you will still shine. And that's... That's, that's solid as hell. So this is a topic I feel like you have a PhD in, and this is fat etiquette. Mm. You've grown some, you've been to some, mm. you've seen it all. See, you've DJed, I've seen plenty, I don't know yeah. about all. I've seen it all a lot. <laughs> so let's start it off. What would you say is a something that you would say is fat etiquette? Fat etiquette. Um, okay, let's talk before we're going to walk through the doors. Fet etiquette is understanding that there is a price at the door for a reason. <laughs> so if it's 11 o'clock, if it's $5 before 11 o'clock, do not come to the door and cuss the door lady about it's 11.05, can I still get in for $5? No. So that's etiquette walking in the door. Taking a step before that, it's proper etiquette to at least make sure you're smelling <laughs> appropriate to be leaving your house and going into a crowd of people who have to smell you too. There is no reason why you should be walking out of the fet smelling better than when you walked in. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's disgusting. No, and the reason why I'm saying this, you know what I mean, like, there's some people you're at a fet, especially in the wicked ones, you're gonna get beer flung at you, water, yeah. powder. There is no reason why you should be smelling better when you walked out. Wait, wait. Deodorant people. I was smelling better though. It's disgusting, and sometimes you get that whiff, and you're just like, bro, why? Yeah, why would you even leave your house smelling like that? Not a one-off, you know, to an extent I could get it. If I known you and I know you fed after fed for years, and the one time you're a little off, okay, there must have been a reason. Yeah, there's a free pass. I'll allow you for that once. But not every time I see you and I know you're coming, I just cover my nose open. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to say hi, no. Most people love to have their hands in the air. Yeah. They want to hug you. Yeah. Yeah. Please. That's and then, then oh God, and then on top of that, the hot breath. Oh, oh. Right. Like, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no. like, how are you doing? Yeah, like, please don't touch me. And the music so loud that like there's no way that the person can you can hear them at a safe distance. They have to be close to you. Like you, you're smelling what they ate last week, or all seven cards. Ah, what else is there? Fat etiquette. If somebody steps on your shoes, please just let it go. Yeah. I have literally seen and almost been in 
fights because of stupid stuff like that. And I said to myself, you, do you even know where you are? Some lady, some lady came to, I think it was a, one of our powder fets in heels. Yeah. And then I got upset when somebody stepped on her toe. It's like, do you really know where you are right now? This is fog fest. She said to step on. Yeah. Yeah, that was a step. <laughs> so with stuff like that, just know your environment and don't get too upset over minor things. It's not worth it. Yeah, um, I've honestly seen, like, um, it was at one of Dr. J's, um, what's the name again? Silver Die at Cabana. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we always love it when other people, you know, come and enjoy our culture and are happy to be someone, you know. Other than that, it was a white girl. And <laughs> she was, you know, she was dancing, feeling herself to the music, and, you know, she was flinging her hands in the air, which, you know, to us is not something that you would normally do. But by accident, she hit this other girl in the face, and I saw, yeah, like, that was from... From that, I was like, oh, it's about to yeah. go down. Like, I can see it escalating, and I'm not even there. And, and like, it did escalate, and the poor girl's like, like, I'm sorry. Like, she apologized, like, to and fro, and she's like, I'm so sorry, but, like, the other girl was not having it. And, like, her whole mood was sour after that. And it's like, okay, you as is, you're already paying a good amount of money. You come dress, doll yourself up. Like, something that was an accident. The girl that hit you on purpose, you're gonna let that sour you for the whole time. Like, Come on now. And another thing, ladies, and I've seen this, do not keep the tag on your outfit. <laughs> except it back after you set. I've seen oh, some of y'all, I would want to tap you on the shoulder, but it's not the Jesus ripping. I'll give them some, you know, some of you that. There was one time at the same party you're talking about. I was wearing a hoodie just like this. I literally, it was a two in one combo. I was wearing this, the uh, green version of this. So I'm in the party and you know, everything's going good. Next thing you know, brain starts to pour. <laughs> so what do I do? I put on my hood. When I do that, my boy's laughing at me. So I said, why are you laughing so much? Like, what's going on? Like, yo, did you steal that, bro? <laughs> I said, what? Steal what? I had a big security tag right under my hood. And I said, oh my God. So I'm standing in the party the whole time because it's raining with a hood on my sweater and a big security tag. <laughs> <laughs> so I know there's some people that do steal. Guys just don't steal and wear it to the back except to return it. But some of y'all. Yeah. No, no, see, I get that. Yeah. But like, this was, that one was like, okay, you know, it happens. Like, people leave it on. No, this was tucked into the armpit. This was intentional. Oh, no. right. I was like, <laughs> no, sis, like. Yeah. First, and it was that same, if we're talking about the same, it was when, it was when that poured. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like, you can't return that now. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funky, yeah. it's But working in retail, you do get people like that. Who's like, no, so like, I just good. tried it on, and you're looking at it with, like, armpit stains, like, and so, you sure you didn't wear how long did you try it <laughs> on? souls are worn out, sis. Um, <laughs> on the flip side, though, like fat etiquette, please respect like the promoters, the venue, the DJs. Like, I would say a story, like, or even the people hosting the fet in general. Like, just please have some respect to them because we've had that experience as well. I don't know how you do because I, we were like shitting ourselves over <laughs> one little measly event that was going on. And like, thinking like a lot of people are going to show up, like, people show up till like, 1 o'clock in the morning, like. <laughs> there was some mix up with the DJ lineup, but on top of that, like, 
one guy, we never initially told him, and I hope he's listening. We, <laughs> we initially never told him that he was going to perform, but he was under the impression that he was. Oh my God. And he never <laughs> perform. In total, I think sold out all his tickets, which was about like two hundred something dollars. He was vexed that he didn't get to perform, so he kept all that money. He was only supposed to get a five dollar cut. I hope you're listening. I hope you stub your toe. But that's that's wild. But and so literally, like, mind you, like the per- the people that we were hosting it with literally wanted to fight the guy because of it. I was like, listen, like, don't like you have children. Like, don't do it. Like, I get the principle of the thing, but knowing this and the culture that there is out there, like, this to us, you know, you have a bill in your chest. Like, mm-hmm. And furthermore, it's, it's, it's $200. Be happy that you caught that at $200. And but what if he did that? Exactly. He could have been selling 100 tickets and made $2,000 for you guys and then kept that money because he couldn't perform. At least you caught it now. That's how I touched the stove to figure out it's hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Needless to say. I like the snapping, I like it. <laughs> but needless to say, like, there is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes with events. Like, one of the biggest etiquettes that you can have is just be respectful to the people that are throwing it. Like, and the venue, like, that pick up something, anything song. Like, y'all be matching up people's venues, and that's one of the reasons why they don't want us back. That's a good topic. Did you see, um, Obviously, you guys must be familiar with Piper, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you see his post about um, <laughs> that same topic? Yeah. I think it was, if you guys are listening and don't know, it was a fet Miami carnival. Someone was jumping off a bus, I think. Uh, no, like taller than they built something taller than, like, it would be like the size of a caravan truck, pretty much. So they're jumping literally off of the top of this thing into a crowd of people that are waiting for them to catch them. And that's not a, a typical height to be jumping from. Not nah, my mother's so, picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we got no care in the world for their, their personal well-being. That's not cool, but the reality is, if something were to have gone wrong, yeah, it would have been responsible. That would have gone to the police. The police would have looked back to the promoter. Then we are now categorizing this yeah. whole scene where Reckless okay they do it. exactly it and creates that's, a stigma yeah. like that shooting at caravan that happened like how many like I'm, I'm pretty sure the person lived but like that happened <laughs> how many years ago like there's still a stigma till this day yeah. that people are like i'm not going to care about it. i don't want to get shot and i'm like yeah. no it went on for years before yeah. that happened i'm telling now, you i'm gonna tell you this straight up and being who i am in the soca market the soca market sorry I have not been to Caravana in five years. That's me, where I could easily go on the road, figure out a band, and make over a thousand dollars just for that one day. So why is that like Because of what you're talking about. And that's not to say that I don't respect the culture. The culture that's in Toronto, to me, is very different than what oh, you would yeah. get. Okay. Yeah. So no, you safety, like fair safety because, why. yeah, because they always talk about crowd control. Doing A, B, and C, doing all of these things to to reduce the amount of outside people that can just walk into the parade. There's nothing that's really done. I've heard stories that more recently it's been more action taken. Mm -hmm. I can't stand, and what I was talking about earlier, stepping on your shoes and almost getting a fight, that almost happened to me at Caravana. There's some Haitian guy puffing up his chest, like, do you know who I am? And I was just, (laughs) I'm literally like, bro. 
I'm DJing, I'm thinking to myself, I'm DJing with the bat. There's a million security around here that will do something to you if you even try it. But that's just the type of culture that's here that I can't stand. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that I don't respect it. I've gone and paid thousands of dollars to play Massachusetts. I love that experience that I got. And alternatively, where else I've played mass, that I see that experience can happen, I would do it. But where Caravana is concerned, I play my role by doing my events that add to the Caravana weekend. And I put into those events what I think would elevate Caravana to a whole new level. To the point where I'm doing a Caravana party on Caravana Sunday, Sun Sharpet, that has grown from 50 people to 2,500 people. And I don't have to tell you, you could go and search it for yourself if you type hashtag Sunsharfet on Twitter. Shit, like... A lot of those people will literally type verbatim, Sunsharfet saved my caravan week. Sunsharfet was better than the road. Sunsharfet was the best pet I've been to all year. And you could search that up yourself. And that's, that's just my personal opinion on the Toronto carnival scene. I'm not a fan because I see those certain type of things. I see people going on the road for one purpose and one purpose alone. That's it's entitlement. And like, I feel like that leads to like another uh, like rule and etiquette. Don't be entitled. Don't be stush when you're in a vet. Everybody's there to have a good time. Yeah. Like, but let's get on like, oh, I'm better than you or whatever, whatever. Don't touch me. I can't yeah. associate with you. And it's like, we're all coming from the same background. We're all here to have a good time. Like. Why are you being disrespectful to others that are just here to like pay their equal good money to come here spend their equal time? But that's, you know that's, what I mean? that's the next problem. They they don't know about the culture. The, the people that come into the carnival for the wrong reasons, and by that I mean more likely the people that come in plain clothes, is a problem. They don't know the culture that is going there looking for girls, and I'll be straight up with them. I, I think of like when we talk about fat ass fit, we need to talk about like girls, like how girls are treated in those spaces. Um, Is it important men? No means no. Yeah, and I feel like, I think for the most part, like a lot of, well, my experience, I would say that like a lot of guys are respectful. Like this last year, my niece, she did Kitty, she did um, Queens, and she wanted to do um, like big people, the big people parade. Needless to say, she didn't handle it, but um, she wanted to do it just to get the experience. And one of the things that went in the back of my head was, Anyhow, somebody's going to me comes behind my niece and kicking it sideways. <laughs> yeah, but it's not just that you have to worry about. You have to worry about pick up something. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, guys hey. will just go up to random girls and lift them hey, like, it's okay. The thing is with her was her costume had like very like large and we got to I know yeah. I always do that. Protection. And right. on top of that, like we went like, we were playing with Tribal, shout out to Tribal, but we ended up marching with them because mm-hmm. Our car got stuck on the hype, that's a whole different story. Another reason I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, I had a genuine fear. I was like, oh my god, like, if any, but, like, you know, because she's, a, she's what, 12, 11, but she's my height, which is still about, like, five foot. So, you know, and she looks very mature for her age, so I'm like, if anybody comes and picks her up, like, it's a big crowd, like, she doesn't have a cell phone on her, like, I'm already thinking, like, a parent, and I'm like, I'm like looking at her mom, I was like, you sure you want to bring her here? Like, but no, like it was a genuine fear, but from the most part, like when I had like other younger cousins with me as well, like I would say within like the teens range, um, most guys were respectful of when you'd be like, hey man, move, like they would, yeah. 
But they're looking at one persistent exactly. guy. Yeah, I remember when I was like 12 playing Carnival, 40 year old mom would be like, oh, I'm 11. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, or like whatever, trying to bubble me. Either way, we're not telling my age. Right. And it's like, I feel like it's getting better now with like the Me Too movement and stuff like that. People are like more scared of like, rejection now and I feel like it's becoming like guys are more scared to come up to you like I kind of I know that guys that. weren't as thirsty oh, they really weren't yeah even my feathers were big yeah so I noticed that because I hadn't played mask in a couple of years from like a couple of years ago when I played it was like a lot but the mask I mean the people not in non-costume were a lot worse this year than oh, yes. any other but like it's also yes. education yes. Like, yeah because they're crowding your experience now yeah, you just paid a lot of your hard-earned money, for and you are now being crowded by people that didn't pay a dime, exactly. that aren't there for the right reasons. Why? Like to me, I just until I'm in a position to do something myself about it, I'm not going back. Yeah. No, but that's that's a thing. Like I think I think it's kind of like like what we're dealing with right now because right now, like as Christina said, like with our club, like we get a lot of people coming to our events if we say it's a fet. Like it's a party or whatnot, right? But, but if you but go to like an educational seminar, like, like, well, here's money management. You got like five people. Yeah, like, right. And I think I think the way to improve care balance is just to literally remind people why we have it. You know what I mean? And and like to me, it feels like the people who who are acting a little bit more unruly are like the people who, as you said, like haven't been to the carnival, like don't don't have the background, like and and just people like outside our culture who are like miseducated as well. You know what I mean? So. Like, like something really needs, needs to be done. And I think this year, one thing that what was happening was everyone who was passionate about it, like posted on, on Twitter, like, uh, like if you want to join the parade, like actually pay or, or join, or, or join a, a, a t-shirt, t-shirt yeah. band, right? There's some hot-headed people too that are like, well, I want to feel included and I like, you shouldn't, this include me because I can't pay for a costume, but like. Jazz Army literally has a t-shirt section. You get a wristband, you get a t-shirt, and the thing is, what a lot of people don't realize, and this has to do with education and respect for the culture, is these costumes are handmade. Like, they're not being sent off to somewhere, anywhere, to be made and come back. Like, they're handmade, and on top of that, like, of course, if it's a West Indian event, there are going to be a bunch of permits and fees and all that. Just to get the road alone, that permit is probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. A couple thousand dollars, I would say. So there's more that goes into the costume, the DJs, the fees, the food. Even though, I mean, half of us probably don't even need it. But, like, you know, all that goes into it. But I think a lot of people that are really thing care about it or people that don't know the culture, don't respect it. And it's, regardless if you are second generation or you aren't Caribbean in general, it's people that like eating a Jamaican patty once and listen to all you know, all two vibe no two vibes cartel songs and where they had one jerk chicken and this is all they Yeah. Not in a like a very watered down jerk chicken and automatically you know what we are and what we're about. But, it's uh, difficult with advertisement too, because where do you advertise this now? Yeah. Wait, is Caragala like a dry event or is it like all-inclusive. That's dry. dry. It's dry. dry. It's dry. Yeah, it's dry. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. And it's only recently. That's crazy. People say, it's so bad. Like, they people no, are so bad. Yes, they do. They'll well, bring they their own. They When you buy a costume, you yeah, all-inclusive. All-inclusive alcohol pass. I mean, like, drinking from 
morning. And I love it. <laughs> the reality is, people are doing that too, but carrying their own bottle in their backpack. Yeah. And I mean, it's only up until a few years ago that it became legal to do. So people were sneaking it before. Yeah. And some bands, I believe, do it, but not to a large extent like what you get in Trinidad, where it's premium alcohol. Drink starts. You can't yeah. drink So imagine like a truck where the DJs are for Caravana. You're getting that plus a drink truck right behind it with all you could drink premium alcohol that has had me in the grass laying down. <laughs> 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 and you have to eat your lunch. Yeah, you get your free lunch. I remember my band had snow cones when he was... With Henny, um, Henny snow cones. It was like Henny, my product, premium yeah. liquor, something like that. So it was like, so... Who's a big Henny as well. Like, she's saying, like, it's invincible when she plays with breakfast and lunch. Yeah. yeah. Plus your liquor and everything. Plus snacks. But the thing is, like, in the islands, I feel like there is a large amount of people, but it's a large amount of people participating in the actual event rather mm. than here, like, the ratio of people participating versus the stormers are like... But you also have the aspect in the Caribbean of actual police. Oh, and who will rough you up? Army, <laughs> army officials that are literally walking in the crowd with guns like this. If there's a snake, if there's a, a security group, it's 14 security walking in a line to, through the crowd. And if you do anything out of place, they will beat the shit out of you. And it's not a camera that we can go and sue and please. No. If you get shot, you get shot. Like, that's it. Like, you're getting your ass kicked and then thrown in jail yeah. from the security. So it's like, there's it's, it's no sense to do it down there. And up here, Who's really doing anything? Them security that didn't just throw a security shirt on anybody? Yes. To pay them a $50 to come and look. We were just talking about that. I was like, about the fact that we wanted to post as well. They're like, yeah, we might need another security license. I was like, that's like $150. All I need is a t-shirt. Like, I'll be security. Honestly, that could be dangerous. Like, you have to understand that you have to worry about not only your brand, but your crowd. Yeah. If anything happens to anybody, that's it, you know. Yeah. All that takes is to go to the news and say, Caribbean Students Association at U of T's party, done. And what does that do for your band? Yeah. So $150, the reality, spend it. You'll get it back down the road. Oh, no, it was true. I have heard and dealt no. with that. Oh, really? I've had people book security for my own parties. Come to find out later that workers of mine that are working the party, told me that they were talking to a security guard and the security was just like, I don't really even know what I'm doing. Like, they just gave me a security shirt. Right. I'm hearing this outside of my business relationship that I am the security. Jeez. I'm like, yo, this is the, literally the single most important event of my life. And that's what I'm hearing? Yeah. But so that imagine that. When we were throwing our, um, like when we threw our rock your flag, that like that was, like, the thing that was going in the back of my mind, there was another opportunity that we got reached up to as well to go to Montreal. Mm-hmm. And literally the things that were going on in our head, like, one, it was a bus trip, we were like, okay, so we were about to start with the whole bus with over, right? And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to have that happen. And then, you know, we're on <laughs> the faces of it. And then, you know, and I, this kind of goes back to a paper that I'm writing with, like, representations and perspective of race and crime and it's like certain race which is the topic for a whole different day but like race certain races and certain crime kind of get highlighted to specific you know specific races and around caravan all of a sudden this person at this party and everyone's kind of looking at the news of oh you know did someone get shot it's kind of like 
Like, 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 sitting and waiting for something to happen. Like, yeah. but like a lot of people who are who are even like really down for the culture are not going to events because they're like, oh, if I go to this big event, like something's gonna happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but then alternatively, a lot more people do go because they know there's gonna be a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people that do that, the reality is they're going to look for a good time or going to look to meet somebody that's, yeah. you know, of the opposite sex or whatever the case is. But that's the reality. Um, in terms of, of what you're talking about, the violence and it being promoted after the fact, I remember a situation I went downtown and I'm handing out flyers for my own event. And it was like a downtown where, like, imagine it's the, the venue is right here and then the main road. So I'm standing on the sidewalk and there's steps leading down from the venue doors. So I'm handing out CDs, CDs or whatever to people coming out. And out of nowhere, I just hear pop. So I look at my boy, I'm like, was that like a car, Some like, was it something in a car? So we look towards the door and I just hear pop, pop. And you see the lights flashing as the, the shots are going off. Luckily my car was parked right there. I'm like, yo, let's go. <laughs> Next day, news, this party, party name. I'm not gonna say it all now. Yeah. This party, party name, shooting. Didn't hear anything, but somebody might've been in the hospital. Like this stuff is real, that could actually happen. And we don't want that associated with our, associated with our brand. We already have problems as it is. Yeah, yeah. not even just the brand alone, like the culture. That's not. Yes, that's not. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> culture, yeah, facts. But with the culture, because it's like people are so quick to point fingers at our culture and be like, "Oh, y'all are miscre- miscreants and yeah. degenerates." And even here. Like yeah, oh, like, even, even here, UFT. Like, like if we were to say, okay, we're hosting a set on campus, like we would the amount of loopholes that we would have to jump through with papers and insurance, like to the point where like, all right, forget it, like, it doesn't make sense. Like that's why like we're more inclined to go off campus. Um, but yeah, like with that etiquette, this is kind of going back to people think, but just have respect for the culture, like and the people that are going towards it, like going to these events, like it's. You know, people are spending their hard money, they want to go have a good time. Like, I remember me and my friends, like, we said this, like, oh god, I need to go to a set. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to need a set, and you go there and you will want something popping off, and chances are, like, people that appreciate the culture will know better not to go do those things out of that. Like, there will be that one hot headed person that you're attending mm-hmm. that may get into, you know, a stuff with someone that was inside of But that's not any talking. But. <laughs> There are some people that will that are not of the culture that will go and ruin it, mm-hmm. and then it gives the entire brand or culture a bad rap. The problem is you never know where it happens to. It can happen anytime, anywhere. A perfect example of that: this past summer, I had boys of mine that went. I don't know if you're familiar with the Sands party. Yeah. Sands. Yeah. It must have been like six thousand people that came out to this party. Um, West Ends, it was a mall, Woodbine Mall. So there was a parking lot out there and they fenced off that area. Um, 6,000 something people. So imagine that amount of people and apparently gunshots went off and the whole thing shut down. You have a stampede now of people in a parking lot in a mall trying to get up. Think about that. But that's to show you that that was that scenario and my boys that were there cut, they left, went to a kid's birthday barbecue at Thompson Park. And I'm seeing on the news when I got home that night, shooting at kids at Thompson Park. 
a kid's barbecue. I was like, what is going on? Well, you're just following them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you really just never know where it could happen. And it's sad to say, but it's, it's very popular in our culture that that happens. And I don't, like, I, that's one thing I'm tired of. And that conversation needs to happen a lot. But do you feel, this is going back to my favorite, shout out to sociology crimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you feel that those crimes get highlighted more because of the culture compared to, say, if it wasn't a non-Caribbean event, like, had it just been a regular... Yeah, that goes, that goes with anything. How often do you see on the news, like, a mugshot of a black guy that did a shooting when there's probably multiple shootings that happen with other races as well, but you don't see that posted everywhere. And it's, it's the media and how the media depicts it as well, in my opinion. Because I know every time I turn on the news, that's all I'm really seeing every day. It's somebody, you know, from Jaden or somebody from Howard. It's, it's, it's how the media decides to depict that culture. Yeah. You know? And it's sad to say, but it is what it is. And I think it's unfortunate that the reality is that a lot of the Caribbean like, islands are more by like, Jamaica and Trinidad are like top 10 from Reuters per year. And that's the only narrative you hear. We don't hear about why people are like struggling so much and why violence is so rampant. And it's just because there's no opportunity there, you know? Like people are forced to steal and like gang bang to make a living because like the minimum wage is like two Canadian or something. Like what are you gonna do with that? Um, so I think it's important that we talk about that aspect as well. Like violence isn't a part of our culture. We're not inherently violent people. It's We're just a product of the system yeah. and of our reality that like people are trying to survive. And that's why it's important to show what we could do with our culture mm-hmm. and show that you know there's ways out with people that look like you to do it like, there's no reason to be doing that avenue just to get quick money you know find a passion whether it be in the industry to throw parties or whatever have you but do it in the right way you know that's that's very important about community. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one Too. Like, I think the media, especially around Caravan, like, I myself have been, um, I don't say, like, I've been guilty of this, of sort of looking at the news around Caravan at time to kind of see, like, what's going on. And it's sort of bad that you're kind of sitting there waiting for the left shoe to drop. Like, okay, is someone getting shot? Like, is um, something going to happen? And it sucks that this is something that you have to think about that's associated with our culture. And on top of that, like, um, this kind of has to sort of do this topic as well. Like, on Instagram, Paul Silva, um, white chocolate is actually coming mm-hmm. under a lot of scrutiny because people are claiming that, you know, like, it's cultural appropriation and he's coming to these feds, and but other people are defending him, especially Lucian, surprisingly. Um, is that look him up? But he's facing a lot of scrutiny also getting a lot of praise in the sense of he's actually respecting the culture but on the flip side people are saying that he's making money off a culture that's not his. Wasn't he born? He's like one of his parents are actually whatever part of the Caribbean. Yeah, his and he has the same Lucian Yeah. And he has I think the numbers, the the first numbers in his Instagram as well. Um but yeah like what do you guys think about this? Around the and culture I thought I was under the impression that he was Caribbean. So yeah. he's Caribbean and he's probably going to 
his own culture, then that's fine. But yeah. he's not Caribbean. And that's what cultural appropriation is, I think. It's profiting off of a culture that's not yours. He has both people are the St. Lucian flag and the UK flag. But the St. Lucian was on top, top of it. Of course. And his DP is a white chocolate flag and jam. Buy a black crew. I think his parents are St. Lucian. Yeah, it was from the UK. But even if they were both white, like, does that, how does how do you guys break that down? Is that your culture if your parents are that? Or even further down in generation, if your grandparents are that culture, but you're deta- that detached, is that your culture? Shit. If you if grew you, up with it? Yeah, if, yeah, if you grew up, you know. I seen this little girl doing yeah, this African know. dancing, this little white girl, yeah. and a lot of people were giving yeah. her backlashing, she was culturally appropriating, but I'm like, she was really good. She's obviously been doing this for a couple of years because she was really young. So I'm like she's grown up in that culture. Like I guess she grew up in maybe I don't know somewhere where they speak French, but there's a lot of African people. Maybe like I don't want to be too racist. Anyways, I think she probably grew up there where there's like a lot of that culture. So like if you're around that culture and it's what you're seeing and you like it, then that's oh, different. Oh, you Yeah. Oh, she's Belgian. She is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody's representing our culture in a positive way, like. He's respecting it, and, like, I can see where people have this issue where it's, like, people within the Caribbean are hyping up. There was another issue that they put, like, and I don't want to sound discriminatory, but, like, when a white person does something mediocre, we praise them for something that people of all culture do with, that that we do exceptionally well. And that was sort of the issue there, but it's sort of, like, um, how do we tell a person the boundaries of, our culture, where to respect it, where to be, what they can do, what, what they, they can, can and can't do. And who's the gatekeeper? Who's, who decides? And yeah. on top of that, you want when, when you want to go down that road, who owns soca music? Mm-hmm. And who is to say that somebody not of our color per se can't come on stage and sing one of the best soca songs you ever had? And if you relate that to hip hop, why aren't people getting on Eminem? And he was one of the best that ever did. That was my thing. Like, Ashanti was like claiming that she's from the Caribbean, but she made a pretty coin off of our culture too. Ain't nobody thinking about her. Is this a color? The color of her skin. And it sucks that we look at it that way. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it per se. Um, to an extent, if he was going around and you know he's full blown whatever race uh, or whatever culture, German or whatever the case. But if he, he was lying and saying, no, I'm not Trini, and appropriating in that way. Yeah, um, that's what I think the issue is. Some people where that he's not actually, like, I was going through the comments from the chats. But uh, I was going through it, and some people were actually saying that he wasn't St. Lucian, like, he wasn't, he wasn't born there. I'm not too sure if he was raised there, but he wasn't born there. And he's not only made a brand for himself off of it, but... He, like, that was kind of where the whole disagreement came. But it's hard, because I'm, like, second-generation Trini. I was born here, but I've grown up in Trini culture. So I can't, I wouldn't let someone take that away from me in that respect. So, like, we don't know everybody's actual history, what their family went to to, like, migrate here, or, like, what their whole tree is. It's just about how they do it, too, and, like, the scenarios. So there's such fine lines, such blurry lines about, like, what people can do, what people can, and what is cultural appropriation. But I feel like in his situation, if he actually is Lucian, then he's not culturally appropriate. Or Nancy? 
inclusion. Then he isn't cultural appropriating, but he, if he isn't and if he's capping, yeah. then that's another story. <laughs> the man likes the music, he's winding up himself, the ladies like it. Yeah, so I, I guess. Do thing because I've seen many uh, Caucasian dancers on stage for a Marshall show. For whatever shows. Even in those music videos, you see it's not just Caribbean girls. Exactly. They have a lot of Caucasian people there in the videos. And too. you think they're just there for show? No, they, they know what they can do. They know what they can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 so, with that being said, are they culturally appropriate? Who decides? Like, yeah. Who decides? Somebody's going to end up calling me out on this. I know this for a fact. But I think, all in all, with cultural appropriation, it's sort of like, okay, I get if someone's blatantly disrespecting your culture or, you know, somebody's getting scrutinized or an outside culture is doing something that that culture's getting scrutinized for, which is what we talked about a couple podcasts before, especially with hair. But um, in this aspect, we're saying so to the world, you know, we want people to know about our culture, but it's like, okay, if you're a certain skin tone and you weren't from there, like, okay, well, this is not for you, like, how the hell do you expect the world to know what we are and what we're about and aspects of our culture when other people try to, you know, get involved and you're telling them, no, you're appropriating it, like, true, true, we like to hate too much. He's not allowed to make money. Yeah, he's too much stuff. Like, unless he's just honestly taking money out of a Caribbean person's pocket, like, then I'd be like, okay, well, hold on a minute. Like, yeah. put the pocket in our people's, you know, first before you put someone else's. But he's not taking money out of anybody else's pocket at this point. Sure. Make fun. I say let the man alone. Right. Let the man alone. In peace. So this will come up to the wraps of our podcast or our first segment with DJ Buzzy. We will be having you back. Any last no remarks before we shut it off? Can we get like a nice booth to your next party or fest? A nice what? Nice. A booth? A booth? No problem. Yes! You heard of people on recording. Okay, can we get a hold of them to it? Yes. Yeah, yes. Send me this recording when it comes time for my next book. This is at 28. Mr. Bollaby, I mean, Steve messages. I don't do the, um, the winter thing. So I don't do my events in the winter. I can't stand the snow. Makes sense. 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 Less than half of the crowd showed up because of how bad the snowstorm was. And that's after buying the tickets. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> that was real cold, but Westerman does not come Yeah, out. that was just last year. That's oh, yeah. have a birthday in December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was. Or anything in December. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally last year. Yeah, last year we sold all the tickets to our event. Dr. J dropped an event maybe two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Everyone that bought tickets to our event went <laughs> straight yeah, to his. And it was right beside that crew. So it was like, <laughs> it was harsh. That, that scenario, yeah, there's no stopping it sometimes. You just gotta take the blow. Yeah, yeah. Dr. J is definitely a force to reckon with. Yeah. Like, but you know what? Like, his well, journey and his story yeah. is 
is amazing. I would definitely say like he's out there as one of the positive role models for Caribbean culture and what it truly stands for in a sense. Um, and it's a good role model to have because like us as students and as young people, we can look up to him and be like, okay, like he's doing the thing, he's doing it right. And from what you were saying of how you wanted to be remembered in a sense, like it was sort of close to where he is now. Yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is, but he's been doing this as long as all of us in this room have probably been born. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've been doing something that long and you still haven't got it to the level that he has, find something. Might be time <laughs> to retire or something like that. But yeah, big up to him. He's, he's definitely the pioneer in this, you know, in this city. So, For sure. No right. remarks, y'all give me questions. Y'all quiet. Have <laughs> <laughs> some manners when you walk to the party. If you were, okay, your dream set, like your dream event, like, if you money wasn't an issue, like and nothing was an issue, if you can pull that off, what would that be? Wow. Dream fets. Um I've literally thought about doing a party called Daydream and then a daytime all inclusive type, like huge fet, but somebody already did it. <laughs> fun so it's funny you say that. Dream fet at this point in my career. Um Two things. One that's already been done, because it was funny, I was going through my Instagram and deleting old posts. In 2014, my friend had sent me a link for something that said, holy shit. And it was this rave cruise ship that like thousands of people just went and they set up the whole ship with party lights, DJs, and it was just like a huge rave on the water. Like a cruise, probably a week cruise. So I posted, huh? A week? Like a week long cruise. So everyone is all the boys around me? Turn it up? Yes. So I said to myself, yo, one day I would love to do this for soca music. The next year or two years after that? No. You guys not know what just happened? So um anyway, no, two years after I posted that, they came out with Uber Soca Cruise. Oh shit! Cass was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah so, Uber Soko has been now, I think, five years running. This past year, just finished last week, at the time of this recording, it's November was it, 20th. Yeah. So, last week, they just came back from the second cruise. So, they do one cruise one week, let everybody off, and then the second group of people comes on to do that second cruise for the next week. Yeah. It's like 3,000 people per cruise. And it's 24 hours of events. That's my boat life. So that was my dream, but now it's already been done. Not to say I can't do it still. Maybe you can do it better. Exactly. But right now, my dream, something like, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Tomorrowland. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No? Yes. So for those of you that have, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's just no. like a like a festival, like Coachella, and like that would actually be a good idea. After Caravana, like have everybody go to this one area and it be a festival that has all the vendors and people oh, come. That's the last stop in Trinidad to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah like so combine like Soka, what is it, Soka Kingdom, and basically Caravana in one. So at the end of the road, you go there. So <laughs> basically, it's it's this festival. There must be like. 300,000 people there. And it's like a weekend type of thing. And look at the stage. You yeah, see like the quality of that stage and stuff? Yeah. 
And this is like, they do a destination worldwide, destinations every year. And like, if you wanted to book, you'd have to book for 2021 now in order to get it. And it'd still be an arm and a leg. Exactly. (laughs) So for me personally, (laughs) I'd want to do something like that for Ahsoka and have like a festival type event with hundreds of thousands of people in Toronto and have it to the extent of like how Sunshine Fred is right now. So if you guys don't know what Sunshine Fred is, like that's listening, it's a day party that's strictly like bringing back your childhood. So water guns, water balloons. We have water trucks around the crowd, spraying down the crowd. We have girls in bikinis, um, foam, like foam bubble machines, all that kind of stuff. So just imagine if you're talking. Maybe you can get a video And I want to bring that to something of that crowd size. You know what I mean? So if I would have a dream of that, let's just say something like 300,000 people and just 100 water trucks everywhere, spraying on everywhere. somebody you reached out to didn't want to help you turn the karma around and do that for two people that are asking you for help don't look at it yet. <laughs> uh, you're gonna meet them on the car yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need them everywhere I am everything's me yeah no we gotta do that too bring you guys on the podcast I'll talk about that in a sec um, so do you have any questions for us how long have you guys been doing this the podcast yeah. It's our second year. <laughs> second year podcast, yeah. Nice. The, so we started it last year and we came up with the name Top Chakas because yeah. we wanted to keep it authentically Caribbean in every way possible. And this was literally the conclusion. Another one that I wanted to bring in, but I'll it off, was Second <laughs> Chat. And we were trying to get so cocky. <laughs> but I was guessing. There's so many Caribbean drinks out there that you can sip and chat. I mean, there's Permission slips. So I went up to every single girl 
and gave them a permanent marker and said yes or no, like you sign and sign your name. One of the girls even signed it by kissing the paper. I said, oh, oh, with your events that you want to bring to the Caribbean culture that you think would be beneficial? So more more openness because I think I think there's a stigma that it's just, just for Caribbean. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? And that and that we just keep to ourselves the style next, right? So bringing bringing that, that openness and just more education is is what like I hope for this year's council at least that, that we can do. Yeah, I think I can't remember if it was on the podcast or before, but you had mentioned something where it was like, you know, you throw a fet and you can get five hundred people, but you you tell them it's a mental health discussion and only five people come out. Yeah, yeah like the last problem. year. That's what happened. Last year actually, we had <laughs> so we had a fet and the fet sold out. Yeah. Um, but then we had a money a money discussion and it was only. Yeah, for financial literacy, how to get out of debt, like how, how to get students of Caribbean descent to get out of debt and, and to manage their debt, different things like that. Only three people showed up. Of those three people, I think two of us are exact. Yeah. 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 Now, what? I don't know if any of you either have kids or have little nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, but what happens when you try to give them medicine? They don't want it. No, they don't, they don't want it. Why you? So, in order to get the issue, and they'll fight you just to take a little spoon in their mouth of medicine. But, what's the way to do that? Right. You put the medicine in the candy. So, that's how we have to treat our people, and that's the reality. Really? Why lips? Mm-hmm. I said opening a mouth. Yeah, oh, but that, <laughs> we just have this conversation today. That licks thing, you give some kid licks and let them go and tell their white teacher, Mommy, Mommy, please. Child services workers walking your child home for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, open, open hand, 
You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking my chances. No, you know what? But you know what? We actually benefited from getting beat. Not even that. Like you look at the way that you're raised compared to people like here. Yeah, they talk right back to the parents. Shut up, boy. What? <laughs> I would have got lost. Like I, by the time that came out of my mouth, I was gonna say, "Shut up, mama!" I'm already ducking. Like yeah, no. I remember elementary school. Um, <laughs> It was like it was the first time I ever went to like a Canadian home, right? And this guy, this guy was calling his mom by his first by her first name. I'm like, oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Still, she gave me a no, I, in, in, in Canada, like, I guess it's customary to call your mom mommy. I, at, least, at least a lot of my cousins, that's what I see in friends. But here, I guess that's what I picked up being in the influence of the yeah, culture. Not you know what I find is weird too, like transitioning to Canada. Like I grew up calling everyone that was older than me auntie. I auntie. Know you. I, yeah. And like everyone here like calls their friends, moms and dads, like Sean. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're like, sure. Yeah. We're like, yeah. <laughs> I honestly can't. Like, there's some people that are like West Indian, but like they grew up more Westernized. Like, and I like it cannot come out of my mouth to say different. I have to say auntie. Like, I have to. Like, it just sounds like weird to me. This is how it is. I like. I wouldn't take that. Our parents, I think, did an amazing job. Like, we we needed that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah? But I grew up in China. Interesting. 
I thought Trini, but I believe you said you're going to be street. Our last name was I'm Trini in Jamaica. That's my background. I was born here. I was gonna say Jamaica. Trini Jamaica? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Just what we want. I won't guess? No. Let me say some crazy shit. Say kiss. Guyanese born, Canadian ish raised, you know? So. Oh, yeah, you're Guyanese too. Yeah, yeah. You could have to someone from like Kate, 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 or something. Uh, this? 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 Mary was uh Oh, Grenada. Mary was uh, from Grenada. Uh, uh, yeah. um, so we were pretty diverse back in the day. And just this year, it just happens to be everyone was either Jamaican, Trini, or Which is the most but, uh, popular. <laughs> like, we have a good half, like, ratio of who was actually born back in the islands and who was born here and sort of balancing both. Mm-hmm. Um, I know myself, Kiana, <laughs> you were born here. In yeah. Rome. So, yeah, there's about three of us. And then these four were born in there. Well, born in Guyana, Trinidad. Interesting. So, how has that been for you guys in terms of transition? It's a couple months. I can't deal with that. Like, I was walking here and I'm just like shivering. I'm still cold. I don't know what's going on outside. No. Um, Winter is boxing us too. So yes. yes. It's yes. supposed to be fall still, technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Reality, yeah. I think right now, every year I've been here, like, it's supposed to be fall. It's not supposed to be cold. Yeah? Yeah, it's normal warming. I remember acting up. Because we just have two seasons, summer and winter, I swear. And summer is like a day. Like. <laughs> it's a month. And then the rest is winter. We got a month and a half of good weather, decent weather. It's literally all of July and like Caravan Weekend and then it goes south. Yeah, it gets cold real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, is this a university home podcast or is this you guys thing? This is us. Okay, about that. Do you guys get in trouble for any topics that you guys bring up? We might. We just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took me most of yesterday to, to edit our last ones because certain things. But. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that like our group has to jump through like an extra three loopholes in order to do something compared to like mm-hmm. on campus. So it was like I'm no idea, the beat. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you loud and clear. So, <laughs> so it's like we we sort of felt that um, you know we sort of had to go through extra loops and you know when it came to room bookings it'd be like. 50 different groups trying to book this room, but we could have booked it. Like last year, we had an experience of we booked a room first and another group booked it after, but the person who was in charge was like, well, that group has more precedence, so we're going to give it to them. And it was like, well, what? Like, I would love to get ghetto. Like, 
Our community's pretty small on campus. Yeah, like we are like a minority on campus. Like it doesn't have to be like Asian and South Asian are the biggest ones. And like their roots are bougie too. And then there's like, you know, little us with our patty grounds on like um like one of little stains. I think one of them was like thank you sweet bits on the on the patty, like little Not um, even like even even Monday. So so we had we had tables booked from three weeks in advance actually. Right? And and we got confirmations back saying, Hey, just show up the day, you have this specific table, don't worry. I show up exactly on time. I do not have a table. So I, I go back in, in my phone, I'm like, hold up, like this is the day that that found the confirmation, right? I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'm looking at all the tables, I'm like, okay, like there's no schedule on the tables because normally just they have some background, like these these tables that we're tabling at, like they have like schedules on them with who's supposed to be on there. But apparently not that day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I go I go into the office of the people who, who host the, the table. I'm like, hey, this is the issue that's happening. Oh, don't worry, this is the next. There should be one there for you. I'm like, if you just come come here with me, there's, there's nothing. Right? Then finally she she goes, gets from a, from like a far back room, table puts me in a corner, like not even not even prime spot, right? Mind you, I booked this weeks in advance. Just in contact with these ones are the prime ones because you would get like the traffic, but like if you're hitching in the corner, like no excuse. Yeah, here you go. Thank you. You know what I mean? Okay, like everything is really unfair. We don't we don't get the privileges that others do. That just means we have to work out for it. Uh, there's a something of your own that's you're the owner 
Nobody could say shit to you. And that's the most important thing. Like we're a lot of us, it's hard enough to get a job as it is. But you're aspiring to get like a nine to five that's comfy benefits and all that. But especially if it's not unionized, they can let you go at any moment. And my opinion is, as your mom said, and my mom said the exact same thing to both me and my sister, work extra hard because of the color of your skin. You're going to have to work that much harder. And I'm there in my nine to five, like honestly, I'm just here because it's paying the bills. But I'm working on my side also. And that's what's going to like fund everything I'm doing down the road. And I can see that now. And that's one thing I advocate to everybody listening. Do your own thing so that nobody can take that shit away from you.
the budget for our first son child fed must have been about ten thousand dollars. Jeez. That is advertisement, <laughs> flyers, CDs, radio promotion, DJs that didn't, that most of which didn't do shit. Um, because I was begging for an opportunity to get on, and then you put them on it, they don't do nothing. Um, the venue, fencing, water trucks, I could go down the list. Ten thousand dollars. It must have been fifty to sixty people that came out and paid twenty dollars each. You do the math on your phones that's listening to this podcast. What kind of money would last? That easily could have sent me to be like, "Fuck this! I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done." Kept through. Did the next year, four hundred people. And I strategically moved it into Caravana because I said, well, more people are partying that weekend, so why not? The following year, did it again. 600 people, 800 people, 1,000 people, 1,700 people, now 2,500 people. We are now to the point where we're looking at this venue size like, yo, we got a size up. This huge ass parking lot that we recreated into a venue is now too small. I might have to literally look at something like Downstreet Park soon. Like yeah, I, within the next five years. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, problems have too many people. That's not. Yeah. If, right. if I could, if I could show those people, like sorry, if I could show those people, yo, this is the amount of people I'm bringing for sure. There's no question. Like I could get in these spaces now, but it's just a matter of building things over time and don't get fully discouraged if it doesn't work out the first time. But you never know what's on the other end of the tunnel. And as I said, I'm only now really seeing like there's like yeah, and you know till today, like you guys see the outside success. Ninety nine percent of you that see what I'm doing have no clue the amount of bullshit I have to deal with behind the scenes. Not one. And if I didn't tell you it myself, you would never know. And the amount of crap you wouldn't even know I'm dealing with based off a soca sleepover, based off a sunshine effect, anything else I'm doing would probably blow your fucking mind. And I'm still fighting through all that bullshit because I know the, the I know what it does for the people that come to it. Because nothing beats I'm me getting like 50 text messages that night when my phone's in my pocket because very people are hitting me up asking me to get through for free at the door. But I'm busy doing a million other things. But nothing beats when I get home that night and I literally am tired as, as fuck. But I open my phone and I see a million messages like, was thank you so much. This party was amazing. Amazing. I needed that. I appreciate what you do. That's just priceless. Yeah. You know. So all that being said, figure out what you are good at. Zone in on it. And if what you're doing that you're good at is actually making money for you, triple the fuck down. And that goes out to my 20 year old self, the 20 year olds in this room, and all. 20 year olds and around that that's listening to the podcast, you know? Just keep keep at it and you'll get it. It's just patience and hard work. Well, that's literally what's getting me through school right now. Like, patience. Patience, <laughs> patience is a muscle that I'm hoping to. Like, gratitude, gratitude. It was a joke, man. You know what I mean? Come on, Evan. I try to crack a freaking joke. <laughs> But honestly, like that can kind of translate into what we're doing. Like it's hard. Like, people don't understand what it's like being in school and having the right papers. 
having to write papers and taking exams, you're not getting the exam that you wanted. And it's one thing to play it off of, okay, I slacked. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I didn't get the grade that I wanted. But there's another thing of when you literally try your best and you still end up with a freaking 60 <laughs> and you literally just want to be like, I'm quitting, I'm dropping it, I don't give a fuck, like, I'm gonna work at McDonald's for the rest of my life, I don't care. But no, like, it's like, there was a quote or something like that out there on the internet, there's a difference between where you are and where you want to be is consistency. And I would say keep going through it is literally what's getting me through school, and I'm like, I'm almost done, like, I just, School, I, I personally, and it's kind of ironic being in one right now, like doing this podcast, I don't feel like that is a determining factor of who you are. Because the reality is you could have some asshole professor that marks your shit so hard and you're sitting there like, yo, I worked my ass off on this paper. And then two twos, the next professor gives you a 90 and you're like, well, how come I did so well on this? I didn't do and it's these professors that, you know, either they're very strict about every single detail that they want, or, you know, it could be a skin color issue, I don't know. But whatever the case is, don't let them be a determining factor of telling you how good you are at anything. It's, it's, it's teachers, they're just pissed off with their salary so shit. And that's just facts. I'm not even going to back up. Let, like, I'll straight up and down, that's what it is. Yeah, but it's true. In the real world, a fucking essay is not going to help you. You know how many times I've woke up and I was like, I have not used Pythagorean's theorem today. Like, what ass I have to learn this for? Like, I'm telling you, there's nothing to do with Pythagorean theorem behind the scenes. You got that quick. You know what's funny? Like, they were supposed to be in a group of something on campus. Like, we were supposed to wrap up about six because there's another group supposed yeah. to come in here. And so we were like, <laughs> Too bad. And I was like, yeah, I didn't show up yet, so. I love this. But no, like, it's. People are like, and a lot of, like, I was in my experience that my parents. <laughs> my parents don't understand, like, being in school and, like, being in school for them versus being in school here. It's completely different. Like, and they don't get it. Like, I. And it's scary, like, seeing your kid, especially being an only child, having, like, a legit mental breakdown because of an essay or something, and you don't know how to comfort them because this is not an experience that you have. Like, and I think there's so many West Indian parents or kids that are in that situation or first generation in general that have been in that situation because they've never had the, like my parents have never had the experience of going to university. Like my mom just figured out Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. We're trying to figure out TikTok. I mean like after Snapchat I didn't bother with the computer. Yeah, I was done. I didn't even get it to buy. I didn't either because I, I, I can't even keep up with Instagram, much less everything else. Especially but, when you have like a good solid following on one, like you don't have time. Yeah, but they say it's important, but I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I got shit to do. Yeah, no, but it's important, man. They all, what y'all are doing here is a good thing. Keep it up. We definitely appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It's much needed. And the reality is, 
You know, you can give like you can give all the information to somebody, it's up to them to take it. And that's another thing wrong with our culture too, like sitting here trying to figure out the next and then once that happens you're going to keep going and just going to be a, a snowball rolling down the hill effect and you look at those things like yo that pushed me to, to be at a better level um look at somebody like tyler perry he's heavy in discussions these days the man same color as us yeah but where did he start he was living in his car because he was homeless Think about that. And now he has not only a studio, I think he has a stadium. Um, yeah, he has his own studio. Yeah, his house is probably insane. Come on, like, these are these are real life people. We have to get out of the stigma too that these are people that are so out of reach that we can't, we can't take what they did. Yeah. They go to the washroom like us. They fall asleep at nighttime just like us, same shit. But what determines who they were is the amount of work they put in. Like, Are we all getting food so now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> like if you look at who um, who is really successful, who put in the work, that'll show you. Or that um, if you look at who's really successful, that'll show you who put in the work. If you look at people that have one hit wonders, um, like years ago, where are they now? Mm. For instance, I don't know if this might be before y'all time, but William Hung from American Idol. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, never mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when when I don't know if you remember her. I think her name was Rebecca Black at Friday song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I heard she does on like indie music now. 
but I mean, I don't even know, I'm not that into new culture, um, urban culture, to say anyone that wonders, but you get the joke. Yeah. They do the thing, they make the quick dollar, you don't see them anymore. But those that like really last and make an impression and all that stuff, they work their ass off. So that goes to show you, like a lot of people, yeah, they have it good. They had it handed down to them. We don't have that, so what do we have to do? Work harder. It's as simple as that. I think that a lack of cohesiveness in our culture too. Like there is a reason why um you're not comfortable. Because she said it's home. Like, okay. <laughs> Alright, so um but my point is like our lack of cohesiveness in our culture, like going back to what we were saying before, like it's so hard to help each other out you you said it too, like you have so many people that are willing to hit you up to go to and they want to get it for free because rather than, okay, let me support you and pay full price because, you know, that ticket money is not just going into your pocket that's paying for everything else that goes on within the event. Like, that lack of cohesiveness in our culture is probably the reason why we haven't elevated the way other cultures have it. Like, you know, our culture is a historic culture and if we make up, you know, different races and ethnicities, like, you know, a lot of black people didn't start off having, you know, silver spoons in their mouth, but as a culture, I would say they've elevated themselves, especially black American culture, whereas the Caribbean culture as a whole, like, you're too busy to talk about somebody or why I don't want to support that person, and I think that's the reason why that lack of cohesiveness is why we haven't elevated. Can I get a snack? Like, shit. This up, and we definitely have to come back and do a part two. Yes, for sure. I don't know when, but hopefully, you don't call it. Wow, the audience likes the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when it'll be, but please don't make it where it's snowing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I beg you, yes, the new year. That too. Um, we didn't even touch on that. I have my own podcast, I'll say it quick. Uh, pre pre line. So, for those of you in the Caribbean culture, Lyman is sitting down with your friends, having a beer or some rum or some drinks, whatever, and just kicking it. Just talking and reminiscing or speaking about stuff that's coming up, whatever, just engaging with your people. So that's basically what our podcast revolves around. Um, we, myself and uh, my business partner with Creepy Line JKD, we sit down and we, we're both the hosts and week after week, we sit down and the reality is we sit there and talk shit. But we <laughs> no, actually like that's not right. it has some very like it has some very engaging content. Exactly. Like, I will say, like it's, it's very engaging and like there's some really good conversation from yeah. the podcast. I'm not episode smack. No, like, <laughs> no that, and that's where I was going, like what you said with, with alcohol, sometimes that those are the best conversations. So yeah, sometimes when you sit down and you're just chilling with your people, that's where some of the best topics come out. And it's when the cameras are off, when the mics are off, that's when the big topics come out that you guys can sit there and talk without filtering. So that's kind of what me and JKD do is we forget about what's in front of us. Like we forget the mic, 
we forget the cameras and just try to have a genuine conversation. Obviously, we're still running a business beyond Creepy Line, but when we say too much reckless shit, we have to beat it. Right? Which is important because you're a business too. You don't want to fuck up your business. That's actually really making you money. But we do that, and we have special guests. We've had some of the most um, influential, successful people in the city, especially in the Caribbean market. Um, top DJs, names per se, Jester, The Bandit, um, international DJ, Barry Hype. Uh, we've had a real estate agent teaching you how to make money through real estate, a real estate broker, sorry, and um, brilliant lady. She came out an engaging conversation with us that's not necessarily, I don't want to say dumbed down, but you're not going to hear it and feel like, okay, well, this, I can't understand a word these guys are saying. And it's, that's important to me because the reality is I can't stand when I'm listening to content. I can't stand a word these guys are saying because they're using these such big words. Like, dumb it, like, break it down. What are you guys really talking about? And sometimes I'll tell our guests that, like, okay, can you expand on this or, you know, break it down in a ways that people can actually understand. So that's where that podcast is. Um, we're our third year in now, and we just crossed 100 episodes a few weeks ago. And we've interviewed, for 100, we interviewed a very popular uh, Caribbean soca artist, Tennyson John. So if you're familiar with him and his music, if not, go check it out. I'm telling you, he's one of the people I would put my money on to say that would take Soka to the next level, or how to. There's a few people I actually would. Um, him and Kerwin Dubois, Marshall Bungie. Yeah. I would put those four in like a category. Maybe okay. even Skinny Fabulous too. You know, Kerwin Dubois, I didn't know that. I can tell you a funny story, how much time we have? <laughs> <laughs> Press it, I have 20 minutes of battery. No, 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 no. But then, but no, what's it called? The software, I, I oh, do, it, it, it takes time to render, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I live in Pickering now. I used to live East Scarborough, but I live in Pickering. I found out he lives in Ajax. Or lived. Lived in Ajax. No, no, lived. So now, I heard he moved downtown. So my boyfriend worked completely unrelated to Soka. He called me to his house, um, a few of us from work, because he has a, um, he's in a condo building, and there's an outdoor, like, what's that pool called? Oh, yeah. No, it's like a pool, the, the pool. Say that? Infinity pool. Where you just overlook, like, oh, yeah. So I go, and again, these people have nothing to do with the Caribbean market. So I'm sitting there, and one of my boys, shouldn't be saying this, <laughs> one of my boys, he sells drugs. <laughs> the person, one of the people that was buying the drugs from him, came to chill with us, and we're just drinking. And there's a Jamaican guy. So I just start having a random conversation with him. I come to find out, yo, the man works with a Jamaican band, one of the most popular Jamaican bands, um, in their carnival, which is booming now, by the way. Uh, he comes out to fets a lot in the in the um, in the city. So I'm talking with him, and Colonel Dubois' name came up. You know what? I swear on everything I have. Just how we're sitting here now, the pool is like let's say that couch, and there's a patio here, and there's more like condo buildings right here. Colonel Dubois' name comes up. 
The man said, yo, Kerwin lives right there. Kerwin literally came on the balcony, looked down, and he recognized me because I hailed him up in Trinidad. He's like, yeah, I was seeing him. I recognized his face, but because he's like, come on, I want you to meet my boy. He's like, no, I know him. Are you serious? The man is literally like, where that went is? Right there. And I'm looking at him like, holy shit, he looks right there, for real. So I'm asking him, like, so how's the music coming along? And he had his headphones on. He's like, well, that's what I'm working on now. <laughs> like, wow, man. So I think he had to go to some Spanish party that night with his people. But he didn't have time to chill, but yeah. That, wow. That was pretty wow. Cool. So yeah. No, but I appreciate you guys. Um, just to close out, my Instagram handle is at DJ underscore B-U-Z-Z-B. And that's pretty much the main place I post my content. So yep. just Go follow ahead me there. And give him a follow, guys. Yes. Watch his podcast. Listen to it on SoundCloud as well. Mm-hmm. So he's on SoundCloud and his partners on SoundCloud and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, like Kofi said, gratitude is a must. Thank you for listening. And I <laughs> ride. <laughs> 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 and thanks for listening.